0: Awesome, thank you guys for singing with your heart, it's really energized me. Um, I was kinda nervous, you know, to be honest, earlier this week Joe asked me to, to, to preach, and you know, it's been a while since you know I, I uh, preached in front of the church, and so I, I got kind of nervous. And so uh, this week, you know what what I always default on is uh, I just simply just share what God's been teaching, you know, uh, teaching me throughout the week. Come on. And so we had Bible talk this Friday night. Um, at our place, and uh, I, I, I told the group, I, mean, I just need to, to to practice real quick. So they got a little sneak peek around what i to talk about today. So the the question, you know, we, we started the we talked about the the debate between uh, Android and iPhone. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. deep It's a he had just heated topic even amongst those <laughs> in this room. Um some of you just had like a you know uh equal and a raise at uh, <laughs> when I mentioned it. But we talked about you know Android and iPhone are like why folks like one or the other. Right. And we talked about the concept of, of calls, you know, like a cell phone. Like uh, mostly everyone <coughs> here has a cell phone. Uh dirt has. Uh, my, my son is my always asking me, Dad, when are you going to give me a phone? I'm like, why do you need a phone? You're like eight years old, like, you're only going to call me. Uh, and so uh, we talked about, you know, the phone calls and, you know, how uh, we had the, the question I asked the group uh, When was the last time you screened a phone call? And, you know, some folks didn't know what that meant. So, I, you know, the phone call, you know, when, when someone calls you and you don't answer, you, you see who it is maybe you know who it is, maybe you don't, but you don't answer, you just let it go to voicemail, then you listen to the voicemail, see who it was or what they have to say. And there's a lot of reasons why people screen phone calls. Um, from, you know, it can be you know, simple, I don't know who this number is, I'm not going to pick it up, uh, or you know who it is. <laughs> you, you know what they're going to say, and you just don't want to hear it. And, <laughs> screen phone call. and so the quest follow-up question is, uh, God is calling you, but are you screening his call? Uh, not picking up, not answering. And, and so obviously that, that sparked a lot of debate. And, and I asked that question because I was speaking about that all this week. You no. Know, about the various calls that God has called to me, like, that, that he's made to me. And the times when I, I picked up or in the times when I, I, you know, just being real, I've like, screened that call. Uh, you know, I know God's calling me to do something. But yet, you know, I just don't feel like picking it up. And, you know, there can be that excuse, oh, I don't, I don't have your number in my phone, or, you know, I was asleep, my phone was off, all kinds of things, you know, that, that we've heard and, and, and keep it real, that we, the excuses that we've given. And I say, you know, why, why is it? the time times when I, I, I have screened and I haven't answered the call, like, why is that? And so the topic of uh, trust came up. myself my, that's my question, like, man, do I trust God? Do I trust God? And so I thought, that, you know, we, we talked about this morning. And there's a phrase that came up when I thought about that question, and it's the phrase, uh, in God we trust. Right. And that's the title of the lesson, just you know, foreshadowing, uh, in God we trust. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to study out, and you know, I have this thing where I hear certain phrases, and I just like to know where things originated from. Yeah. Yeah. you know, Terms like, you know, the cat's out of the bag, or different <laughs> the, the, It's pretty cool when you study yeah. out where the origins of little phrases right. like that come mm-hmm. from. And so uh, I wanted to study out the origins of you know, in God we trust. Because um, one, I've heard it, you know, it's on money. Right. And uh, it's, it's odd, you know, that you know, America, you know, especially in today's climate, there's so much that you know, we can look at it and you don't see God when you look at America, right? right. You don't see a lot of Christ like qualities. Yet, it got me is on our money. Right. It, it's, it's on a lot of documents, it's on a lot of things that, that uh, you know, that, that, that when you think of America, you know, you see that phrase. Right. Um, it actually is America's motto. It was uh, adopted as America's model in 1956, and I was like, wow. "Oh, I, I figured that would be way, way earlier than that." Uh, 1956, but the the uh, the model that it replaced was E pluribus unum. Right? Yeah. You know, we've seen that on mine too. Yeah. Uh, out of many one, um, it first appeared on the two cent piece. Dang, I didn't even know they had two cents <laughs> um, in 1864. Uh, and so, and God and Trust" is uh, is America's motto. And so I'm like, wow. If that's America's model, like, I wonder if, if, uh, if I would have asked folks and said, "Hey, do you trust God?" What would be the answer? If that is in fact America's model. Um, and the the definition of trust is the assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. And so uh, when I read this, I had a chuckle um, because everyone knows I don't trust wild animals, right? And, so when I, when I, and then everyone gives me a hard time and says, David, you're tripping. Why, why do you not trust wild animals? And so I, I read this and I'm like, yeah, um, I don't trust the ability, strength uh, or the character of a wild animal. Like, no way. So I feel very, very at ease by, by the fact that I don't trust wild animals. Uh, but When I read that, it brought me to a scripture. Let's break open the Bible, right? We're here to to study God's word. We're here to get into it. Um, And this is one of my favorite scriptures uh, in the Bible. We can find it in John chapter 14. Um, And I want you guys to be thinking about that term, in God's trust, as we read uh, the message this morning. In God's trust. And then, too, like, do I trust God? Do I really trust God? In John 14, and I'm going to read the New Living Translation. Uh-huh. pretty cool uh, in John 14 verse 1 the Bible reads don't let your hearts be troubled this is Jesus talking trust in God and trust also in me there is more than enough room in my father's home if this were not so would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you when every, everything is ready I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And I I read the scripture, I'm like, man, it brings me so much comfort. But when I dug into the scripture, I'm like, man, why did Jesus have to say this? He says, trust in God, trust also in me. Why do you even have to make that statement? Right? Like, oh, trust in God. Oh, yeah, but also trust me. If I was there, I'm like, we, of course, of course I I trust you. But then I doubled back and and thought about my life and and thought about the various challenges, not only this year, but just in the past couple weeks. And I'm like, Well, he's absolutely right. There's been times, even this month, where I can say, man, I have not trusted God. Mm -hmm. And so it makes even more sense why Jesus makes this statement here. Even though it seems abundantly obvious that we need to trust God, Jesus himself said, hey, you know, trust God, trust also in me. Um, And here, Jesus obviously was put on earth, you know, uh, was a a human. And he himself said, you know what, you're going to have times uh, when you might have trouble uh, trusting men. But the key is to trust God first. Right, Jesus, a man himself, said, Hey, you need to trust God first before you trust me. Right, trust God, trust also in me, and that's something too that we can kind of uh kind of lose sight of. Right, there's when I say, uh, when I think of when if I ask the question, Are there people that you don't trust in your life? I'm pretty sure there's people that we think of, sadly, there's people that we we think of, and I do not trust this person, but here the Bible says, Jesus is saying, Hey, trust. God, trust also. In we gotta start with our trust in God. So I wanted to talk about that, trust in God. What is that? How do we trust in God? How can we make the title of the sermon true for us? And God, we trust. And so the first point uh, I want to share with you guys is too good to be true. Um, yeah. I did a little uh, uh, searching. I was trying to figure out some insights, you know, into you know um, not just trusting God, but just how do people trust in general, or why people don't trust. Why don't we trust people? And this phrase came up. You know, this is one of those uh, phrases that uh, I like to say are too good to be true. Like, where where did that come from? Uh, we understand it, but where did it originate? Um, I used to work for Nike uh, back. This was man, ages ago. I uh, Love Nike. Those <coughs> that know uh, me know. But uh, uh, there was this time. Uh, how many of you from, are familiar with uh, the shoe? Uh, it wasn't a Nike shoe, but it's called the Shape Ups. Yeah, right. yeah. You heard of the yeah. Um, yeah. For those sketches sketches, <laughs> Shape Ups. There's these nice. shoes. That look like platform shoes. They're, they're pretty rigorous looking, but they have like this this uh, circular bottom. Yeah. And uh, sketches claim they're advertising things like you wear these shoes and they tone your legs, tone your body, like, just by walking around them. And we at Nike, we, it was just running joke. And, you know, we kind of rolled our eyes when we saw that that uh, ad. Um, and sure enough, we saw something. If, if you were one of these people, please you know. It was all good. It was all good. They, they got a lot of people. Um, so we have, we have we have this this uh, thing in the store. We have a man. We have a tally of how many people walk in the store wearing shape ups, or just walking. We see walking, and uh, it was a crazy how many people when these shoes came out were wearing. And and I can it makes sense why folks will want to buy these shoes. You know, everyone wants to get in shape. They want to you know to, to be active, um, but. The thing that we kind of saw is that, man, shoes aren't gonna do the trick for it. Uh, and sure enough, you know, years later, there's a lawsuit against sketches because they're false advertising. A shoe, a shoe is not gonna make you lose weight just by simply wearing and walking around. And so there would be folks that would come in and they would ask They would ask us, um, "Do you have do you have the Shape Up shoes?" Like they'd ask us, "Coming in tonight, so, do you have the Shape Up shoes?" And we have this. So, we have like. We have like this script that we have to share with people because you know they just didn't understand how we didn't have Nike, you know, this athletic company didn't have shoes that made you lose weight. Like how come you guys not understand that? <laughs> so in Nike's answer, they came out with this shoe uh, that uh, was a training shoe, and the tag—I forget the exact words—but the tagline was that. You know, like you have to do the work. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the shoes aren't gonna do it for you. Like you have to, you have to actually work out if you want to lose weight. You can't just walk. And, and so that's what the phrase "too good" went. That was one of the things that, meant, like that's too good to be true. That, that a shoe is gonna lose weight for you. Um, but a lot of people got duped uh, into that. You know, it's a great, it's, and it's a great, uh, it's a great thing. You know, too good to be true. It's a great concept. Um, but honestly, guys, this is how some people feel about God. That's too good to be true. Are you telling me that, man, Like all I have to do is, is follow God, like my life is going to get better, like all like, you know, God's going to hear me, like all these amazing things. I hear you talking about your life. Are you, that sounds way too good to be true. Are you kidding me? Just look at all the, 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 the strife and the, the pain that is in the world. Are you telling me that a relationship with God is going to change my life? That sounds way too good to be true. And when I study this out, like, that's, this is what gets people to not trust in God. Mm-hmm. Because they have this warp concept that, from where, you know, we can, you know, spend you know, hours talking about where it originates, where people feel like the concept of God is, is too, too good to be true. Mm-hmm. But that's what causes us to not trust God. Like, like there's no way God is going to change my life. There's no way that this, this, this sin that I'm dealing with, that God's going to help me overcome. That sounds way too good to be true, right? I can't trust it. Um, but yet that's how some people feel about God, you know, that the circumstances, <laughs> despite the circumstances, nothing is going to change. Um, our environment and society, uh, has programmed us, you know, not to trust anything that, that fits the, oh, that's too good to be true. Like we, like we don't trust it. Um, and funny enough, when reading the Bible, the same thing was true for folks in the Bible. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 15. Day. Too good to be true. Do you trust God? In Genesis 15, we read kind of, you know, no, one of the, the very early instances of this happening. Oh, in Genesis 15, no, we read about the father of our faith, Abraham. But right now, he's just Abram. He's not Abraham yet. In Genesis 15, verse 1, the Bible reads, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And here's the first instance I can imagine Abraham thinking right now, are you kidding me? Like I'm gonna have an heir? Like that sounds way too good to be true. Like I'm an old man. And you're saying that I'm gonna have an heir of my own flesh and blood. Um, and I've read this before, but um, Abraham was really, really old, guys. <laughs> like, right. I know, like you said, like he was 99, 99 years old, right. um, and uh, I And mean, we all know he ended up having a son Isaac, but he was 100 when Isaac was born. Like that's really, really old. And we, you know, we read this and we're just like, come on, Abraham, it's God talking to you. Like, of course. But Abraham was 99 years old. Guys. Like he was an old dude, and I read this. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of times in my life where I cannot see past my circumstance, right? And yes. I, I even, you know, coming out looking back, you know, it's like, duh, of course, you know, that term is another term. Hindsight is 2020, right? Yeah. Um, but Abram couldn't see past his situation right here. He thought, man, me having a son of my own flesh and blood—that's too good to be true, God. Like that's, that's, I can't, I can't really believe that right now. Um, do you have a situation in your life right now that, that, that if God were to answer it, that would be too good to be true? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you like, hey, like, there's something that, you know what, I, I can't see past it. Maybe it's, you know, we're in Christmas time, holiday time. You know, family is a big issue. You know, I, I talked to my, with my father. You know, he and I you know, have, a, have an interesting relationship. I don't know if you guys can relate, but, you know, my father and I, we can't go, like, months and months without talking. Like it's, it's it's my wife like shakes her head every time her parents call her like every other day and um, her parents are driving up here to, to, to celebrate her. It was my wife's birthday this past uh, on the 28th. Uh, we yeah, so they're driving up to, to have uh, you know um, celebrate uh, her birthday. But man, I can go A's without talking to my parents, and it's not like we have issues or anything. That's just how that's just how we function, and. Um, at times, it can be hard for me to even see that in our, our relationship can be can be different. But family time—that's usually a, a a sticking point in holidays, right? There's family issues. There's things that you that you see never changing in terms of your dynamic with your family. Uh, maybe there's some strange relationships. Maybe if God is saying, "Hey, I can change that," you're seeing that you're thinking that's too good to be true. That that, that can't happen. Like, are you kidding me? Maybe you're like Abram in this story. Um, when, things are, when we think things are too good to be true, that's when you know, the lack of trust can come in in our relationship with God. Um, but let's keep reading. It wasn't just Abram that had this challenge. Uh, his wife had the same challenge as well. Now imagine, you know, I I, can, you know, I think of you know, husband and wife dynamic. You know, Abram can be told, oh, you're going to have a son. He's not the one that has to go into labor. He's not the one that has to deliver the baby. Like his wife was old as well, right? right? So let's see what her reaction is in Genesis 18. So Abram gets the, you know, gets the, uh, the vision and he has trouble seeing past the circumstance <coughs> his wife had a similar reaction in Genesis 18 come on, David. in verse nine. You no, know, they, they have these visitors that come in, uh, and, uh, visit Abram and his family. And one of them asks, he says, where's your wife? In verse nine it says, where's your wife, Sarah? They ask him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, "I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son." Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind them. Abraham and Sarah were very old, and Sarah was, part, it was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, "After I am worn out and my lord and my lord is old, will I now have this pleasure?" Then the Lord said to Aaron, why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid and lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, she did laugh. <laughs> you know, sometimes God has to call, call us out on our unbelief at times. Uh, but you know, Sarah had the same thought, like you, listening into the conversation. She even thought that's too good to be good, Like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I'm, I'm old. Right? Like, how is this gonna happen? Uh, here's the thing I realized trust has to be complete, guys. When I read this, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a thought that came into my mind. Like, when I'm asking myself, do I trust God? You kind of have that battle, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I trust God. You know, I do this or this happened. You know, uh, but I had this realization like, you either trust someone or you don't. Um, mm-hmm. And if there's hesitation or if you have to think about it or rationalize it, it means you don't trust. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we got to be real. We hear God called out Sarah on her on uh, unbelief and her lack of trust. Um, and God is, is, in a lot of ways, calling us out at times on our lack of trust. Like, mm-hmm. Do you really trust God? Do you hesitate? Yeah. All right. When even when I ask this question, are you thinking about all these type, types of circumstances that, that maybe have influence whether you trust God or not? If you have to think about it, Odds are you, you don't trust them. Trust has to be complete. I want to throw out a little challenge to you guys. Uh, Come on, bro. And the challenge is to simply uh, make a list. You know, the year is almost over. I want you to write out a list on, on what God has done in your life this year. Mm. You know, we, wow. we, when I ask the question, you know, what has God done in your life? Just write a simple list. What has God done in your life this year? Is there anything that you've given up hope on? What do you think, uh, what are some things that you want, uh, that you want that if God were to say would happen, you have the same reaction as Abram and Sarah. you laugh and you give up reasons why all uh, that can't happen. Are there things that are too good to be true? The second point, standing off. So I did a little, uh, some extra digging on, on trust and how to, how to build trust just with, with people and with God. And. You know, as I mentioned earlier, our environment, society programs us not to, to trust anything. Um, and the, the funny thing is, a great way to build uh, to to build trust is actually. Not, I think about my 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 fear of animals or my lack of trust. Sorry, lack of trust of animals. And this is one of the things where when I saw it, I, I immediately like closed the window on the the browser. I didn't want to deal with it. They say that one of the best ways to build trust with something. Um, it's to uh, think, of, think about, uh, when God says, so think about uh, the last time you were scared. Think about the last time you were scared. And the reason, I was like, why, why would I, if I'm scared of something, when I think about the last time that thing scared me? Like, why, that doesn't make sense. And the, the reason I like, said is that, hey, for instance, I put myself in the way. I'm, I'm afraid of raccoons, right? <laughs> One of the many things. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're crazy. They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> Extremely violent, but I'm afraid of raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> but do you? If I ask, my, I ask myself this question, I laugh. But I, David Jackson, afraid of raccoons. But I've encountered raccoons before, and I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And so, <laughs> I think to myself, okay, man, I, I don't trust animals. Like, but I, I'm still here. I haven't been mauled by one. I, I, I mean, God, and it's the same thing with God, right? I, we had, to think, I had to put this relationship of God, like. If there's areas that I don't trust God in, right? If we are be honest. But when think about all the things that God has delivered us from, all the things that God has, has, has proven uh, that, that, he, that he's in our lives, right? To think about those things, to, to stand out. When's the last time God scared you, right? He did something, where oh man, that, that's, that's freaky, that, that's, that's scary. Um, that's when God is trying to build his trust with you. Gonna, I am God, and I'm gonna take care of you. Um, and it made sense. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not ready to, to really do that with animals to like just surround myself. But, but but with God, I absolutely can. Like, I can rattle off numerous times that, that God has has delivered uh, has me from things. I think about when I first became a father. So scary. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea. You know, it's awesome. You know, you, you get caught up, you get the, the announcements, hey, we're having kids. And then I find out i having a son, um, which encouraged me because I'm um I didn't if I had if I had two I have three kids a boy and two girls and if I had another boy I wouldn't know what to name I knew that I was gonna name <laughs> my first son David my if I had another son I had no idea um but I was scared I was like you know what as the day came close I was frightened and I'm like wow like how am I gonna do this you know for the men in the room that have kids you, you can relate to what I'm saying like you know you have memories of how you were raised and things that like all these things and all this fear just seizes me. Still frightened. Right? Yeah 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 <laughs> it's, it's a lot of sin doesn't leave me I was so scared but I look back and I look at my kids and, and they're happy they're taking care of like what excuse so I have to not trust God that God has told me to care of. And so I wanted to dig into the scriptures. Let, what is a, another scary time that, that God has uh, shown to his people that I can uh, glean on and that and that is in Daniel chapter 3. Come on. You know, sometimes we gotta think about the last time God like, scared us. Or when we're in a scary time and God delivered us. Yeah. So if you're having trouble trusting in God, let's look to the scriptures. In Daniel chapter 3. Come on. In Daniel chapter 3. Obviously, we're going to read about Daniel, right? That's where the book we're in. Daniel chapter 3, in verse 16. You know, we, we have, have to, uh, to get a little backstory. Um, the king Nebuchadnezzar, right? He, he has this, he um, did go out that uh, everyone had me, so basically worship his gods. And, and right. Daniel and his, and his friends, like, they're like, no, we, we serve the, the true God. We're not going to do that. And so they get taken into custody and getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And obviously, this is an inspiring story. Like, like I can imagine this the boldness that Daniel and his friends must have felt. You know, this is, you know, the book of Daniel, and I won't go too, too in depth into the story, most of you know, uh, the rap group that, that I was in as a young uh, young male, uh, nice. we we identified with Shadrach, Meshach, and Vinigal, they are like teenagers, essentially. They were like, and so we used to like draw inspiration from these guys as how bold they were. Um, and yeah, chuckle reading this. Uh but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of like our our inspiration. But here we see that you know they're in this this. I, I imagine Daniel's and saying this, but I imagine there's some fear uh among these men. Yes. like Obviously they didn't they didn't act on this fear, they uh they they uh um were bold for God, but they had to been some fear, right? They knew what the the consequences of of not bound down to this God, they'd be thrown into a furnace, right? We, and we think we are we have it tough when we're struggling to, like, you know, share with folks, you know, share with people that, that we're intimidated by, you know, that we may back down. These guys are like, no, we're not going to bow down to this, this guy. I imagine there's some fear. Um, I imagine, you know, th- there's a lot of anxiety here. Um, and the thing that I learned this is that, you know, a lot of times, guys, we just have to trust despite the results. Because he even says, but even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods and worship the image of gold you have set up. Here they they resolve to man, even if this doesn't work out, mm-hmm. I, I'm still gonna trust in God. Yes. Like, even if even if things don't work out, mm-hmm. and you know, convicted me when I read this because there's so many times when my trust in God re- will wane depending on the results uh, of what happens. You know, if something doesn't go my way. Oh man, I, I can't trust God because this didn't go my way, right? I, I can't trust God because you know he's not he didn't he didn't do exactly what I prayed for. Or this didn't turn out the way I wanted. We're totally disappointed if if that's our response. Here, Dan says, hey, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to trust in God. I'm not going to back down on my faith. Um, Jump down to verse 26. Come on. It says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, and governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not, had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head since. The robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own God. Wow. Even the king just had to acknowledge, man. These guys trusted in God. <laughs> like <laughs> he was like, man. Like he was even thinking, like, wow. Like this. Like, he. Well, I was thinking about the results and everything as well. It says they trusted in him and defied the king's command. And look at what trusting God does for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Not only for them, but even for the effect on Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Right. Think about the response of those in your life that are going to be impacted when you trust in God. And when you decide like despite the results I'm going to trust in God, it's going to have a profound impact. Not only for you, but on those that are around you. They defy the king's command. They uh despite the their fear. And the thing is, you know, we can either, we can serve God or we can serve um, uh, things that are not of God. We can serve our fear, we can serve, you know, our insecurity. Um, it's deep, guys. We got to rely on God. We got to trust on God despite the circumstances. Uh, second challenge for you guys, just to make another list. What scares you? What, what scares you? Give me something you know, totally irrational or irrational. Um, what scares you? you know, I had a long list you know, when I wrote this down. There's a lot of things <laughs> that, that scare me. So I want you to write it down. What scares you? Now, after, you know, we read this story about, you know, what scares us, what worries us. And, you know, once we, once we acknowledge that, you know, we can go from worry to worship. And that's the third point. From worry to worship. Um, our thoughts are, are extremely powerful. You know, I had a, um, even, uh, I think it was this last night. And, and I, I was having this dream. And I don't know if you guys <laughs> is laughing because... I was like yelling in my dream. I, was, I, I, I have this dream. You guys ever have a dream where obviously it feels real and, and you try to like call out and you can like tell that you can't quite can't say the words. I have this dream where uh, our daughter got out, of, our youngest daughter, uh, Kira, she's a year and a half. Um, she got out of her bed um, at night and was walking out the door and um, our gate, it feels like been our place so you have to walk up these stairs so you, um, into our main room. And uh a gate wasn't there. And I knew in my hearing was like I knew that. It's like she walks out, she's gonna, you know, she can't see, she's gonna fall down the stairs. And I'm trying to like call out to her and I realized I couldn't, like I couldn't move. And um and said I was making like this weird noise, like, uh, uh, like I couldn't I not say I was trying to say, hey, like, hey, you know, stop or something, and I couldn't say I was, I was just I couldn't and I couldn't move, like it was so weird. Um and it, uh, it freaked me out, it scared me. And then when I realized I couldn't like call out, I tried to like uh, hit Margarita, like to wake her up, and I couldn't move. And so I was trying to like hit her with my head. It was so weird, like, I, and I couldn't move. And I, I don't know if I actually hit her, but I was trying to like just call out, and I could my voice wasn't working. And um, so she was she was in the bed like just hearing me like make these weird noises. Like, uh, but it was frightening, like that, that like, it scared me. Uh, and a lot of times, like, we just don't want to acknowledge what, what scares us, guys. We don't want to acknowledge that, you know, there's things that, that, that we're fearful of. Uh, and I think that, that way we, when we don't acknowledge it, we automatically set ourselves back into not trusting God. We got to acknowledge, hey, this, this scares me right here. Um, now, we can't act on those fears that allow us to dictate right. our actions. But we got to acknowledge that things scare us. We got to go from uh, fear and worry to worship. Um, in Jeremiah 17, you don't have to turn there if, if you want. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Yeah. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when he, uh, heat comes. It is, its leaves are always green. It is no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The Bible just lays it out like if, you know. Um, we got to trust in God. When we trust in God, fear goes away. When we trust in God our, and our confidence is, is him, um, we don't live by fear. Um, obviously, this uh, this sermon serves us this for me, and I wanted to really, like, I asked myself a question, okay, do I trust God? Like, were there any moments in Jesus' life when, when he he uh, struggled with, with trust, right? Uh, what did Jesus do? Jesus was a, a man just like us, went through everything, um, uh, and life went through, you know, through life as a human, like did he ever struggle with like trusting in God? Like how did that look? And so I did a little digging. turn to Matthew uh, 26. I'm going to take a peek in and what Jesus did when he was confronted with the same things that we're confronted with. In Matthew 26 you Now we see Jesus here and Matthew 26, verse 36, the Bible reads, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And uh, real quick, I, you know, Gethsemane means, you know, olive press. And you know, he's sitting here, you know, <coughs> excuse me. You know, when when uh you know when they're getting uh oil out of olives, you know, they crush and press the, the olive. So the the, um, the insight here is that you know, Jesus is at, at the olive, olive press and he himself is getting ready to, to be crushed and pressed you know, um, for us. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a cool insight. Yeah. Um, he says, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may, you, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and wrestling? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is, deli- has, is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And the, the cool thing about this scripture is obviously we see Jesus going through uh, a very challenging time. Um, knowing that, hey, he's getting ready to go and give up his life. He's with his closest friends, uh, people that he's been with day in and day out for uh, for three years or more. And they're falling asleep on him. You can't rely on him. He's going through this anguish. Like, I, I can't even imagine uh, the fear, the, 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 what was going on in Jesus' mind. Um, and we all know the, uh, the, the interesting thing here, it says, if it is possible, may this cup be passed from me. And when I was studying this out, there's a thing that um, really uh, was pretty interesting about this. We all know Jesus was really close to God. Um, you know, the Bible says, you know, uh, to our faith, God will answer anything that we ask of, uh, uh, that we ask of him, right? According to our faith. And pretty <coughs> think obviously that Jesus had probably the most faith of anyone, most faith of anyone in this world. And there's a um, uh, I was this commentator was asked, you know, if Jesus, who had, you know, all the faith in the world, asked God to for the cup to be passed on him and it wasn't passed on, that meant that there was no other way uh, that this would happen. Yeah. There was no other way. Jesus trusted in that and knew that because he prayed for it. It's like God like I uh, uh, faith, like if this is if this possible, let it be passed on me. And he was re- resolved knowing hey, there's no other way that this can happen. Mm-hmm. Right? I know that Jesus uh, answers prayers. And if he didn't uh, answer in another way, that means that this is the only way that this can happen. And he really did. And to me, that shows the ultimate trust in God, to, to, to know that, hey, I know that God wants to give me anything I, that I ask for according to my faith. And so if he doesn't give it to me, that means that it's, it's, not, it's not in the cards. I'm not even really OK with that. Um, here, Jesus knew that and was resolved. There was no other way for that to happen. Um, and it's the same way. Like, he had to trust in God. And we got to realize that, man, sometimes our, we got to trust in God. And it's the only way things are going to come out right. yeah. uh, in the end. Um, and so I'm going to think about it. I want you guys to think about, as you're taking the bread and taking the juice, think about those lists that you made. Think about uh, the things that you wrote down and what, what what scares you, the things that you want God to do in your life. And I want you to, to pray through those things that, uh, tonight. Jesus, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, Jesus had a ton on his heart that he prayed for um, at, in Gethsemane. There's a lot on his heart. And I believe there's a lot on our hearts, even this one. There's a lot that we're thinking about as years closing, things that we want to see happen, maybe some things that didn't happen that, that, that we're struggling with. Um, God wants to hear those things. He wants to hear us pray about those things in the same way Jesus went to went to God and, and prayed about everything that was on his heart. I want you to pray about those things, those two lists, tonight. And then be resolved on if God answers him or if he doesn't. Be resolved that, hey, it feels a no, that means it was a no. If it was yes, it was a yes. Uh, I want to leave you with the the same question that I asked uh, God multiple times, that I asked myself multiple times this week. Do I trust God? Do I really trust God? And if I do, what is going to be my response? What am I going to do with that and I pray that if, as we pray over those lists, as we uh, think about uh, communion, uh, I pray that at the end of the day, that the, the saying same, the same of the title of this lesson will be true for everyone, that in God we do trust. Amen? Amen. With that, let's pray.